Hello and welcome to episode two of Backstage at the Baths with me, Lizzie Welch, and it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much to everyone who listened to our first episode with Darren Johnson. It was an absolute delight to record that. We've had some really, really good feedback. If you do want to send any of your messages in to us, it is scunthorpetheatres at northlinks.gov.uk and we might even read it out. On to this week though and we were delighted to have with us Alexei who is the producer that has managed to bring over the Ukrainian National Opera over to Scunthorpe who are performing their version of Carmen on Sunday the 5th of March. It was fantastic to talk to Alexei because he, he spoke to us a little bit more about um, the challenges of, of opera, um, a bit more about what you can expect and also what it means to the guys from the Ukrainian National Opera to actually be able to come over and perform for us. Um, a really, really interesting chat, a completely different tone from last week. We do have to uh, uh, apologise slightly for the sound in this recording, um, due to the, the platform on which we recorded on. It's not quite as clean as we was last week, but we are working to have this fixed, ready for our record next week. So please bear with us. We hope you still enjoy it. Well worth a listen, and don't forget to get in touch. Here's what Alexi had to say. <laughs> Hello, Alexi. Thank you so much for joining us for our ooh, second ever record for Backstage at the Bath. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Um, I'm glad to be be the second. <laughs> <laughs> so whereabouts in the world or and our country have we got you today? Where are you recording from? Uh, we're in Canterbury at the moment, so yeah. Ah, amazing. So not too far then. <laughs> depends, depends in the scheme of things. I mean, not 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 as far as uh, where the opera is coming from. So definitely we're nearer <laughs> to each other. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, what is it that you do in the company then? I, I'm the producer, basically. I'm the impresario who, um, for the last sixteen years, been uh, bringing um, various classical uh, opera and ballet production to the UK. Uh, from Eastern Europe, and we focus ourselves on the UK market and German market. So I uh, find partners, uh, find theatres, uh, source everything and make the tour happen, basically. So it works out for everyone. Wow, amazing. So how did you get involved in all of that then? It, it's it's like people always think because I used to be like close with the audience at a very early age when uh, um, when we were starting and people thought I was a dancer which I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, people always thought I might be was playing a musical instrument again. Not um, yeah. It's it's just we kind of I come from a town uh, where there was a, a big. Um, uh, Bali history to, to it so and that's how I guess it evolved uh, through friends uh, we got introduced to this um, um, how you say it um, to the circles and then we started exploring and working on how we can bring um, various artists uh, Bali and opera over and then uh, as it evolved um, it got bigger and bigger and bigger so uh, that's where we are 
That's really cool. So, um, do you do you follow the the tour around, or do you do you stay in the office where you are? What what is it that you that you do when the show's actually on the the road? Yes, exactly. So at the, the, the start, I was basically uh, uh, touring uh, myself, and then as as it got bigger, um, I'm I'm still like the touring page, but uh, because there's not just one show we work on, not just one tour we work on, and we have to cover different uh, bases. So I kind of my time is more precious in the office, really coordinating it from here. But um, uh, at the start and before, yeah, I was touring a lot uh, every day, basically, until very recently, actually, until maybe just before Corona. So five years ago, uh, I would have been uh, touring uh, every day. But um, now it's basically working well, especially before Corona happened. And um, everybody knows kind of what to do and it, it's much easier so yeah ah yes definitely understandable um how do you find that then being more office based now when you, you, you were touring do you find it hard to to let go or is it nice to have that separation not the kind of uh, let go but the fact is that you kind of uh, in the office and um it, you don't get this this how you say it the feedback you know because yeah. what i love the most is basically at the end of the performance just sneak into the auditorium and just <laughs> just um watch and hear people's reaction you know obviously unless you're on tour you don't hear it you know be on stage or like me in the auditorium so you you don't get this feedback which is really kind of it might sound nothing but uh, if you hear it every day, but it's still really kind of rewarding. And uh, because at the end of the day, you just see a show uh, and, and suddenly see it, that there's 500 people that came on that particular day to see it that you've done. And it's kind of puts in, in the perspective and makes it kind of all the troubles that got uh, were there to, to get you here uh, to make it happen you kind of forget about them so it, it is important to have this feedback and i, I mean i'm every week I, I come see artists i see the shows it's just i'm not there every day so i still have to be like a couple days uh, a week on tour um yeah one thing that we really wanted to ask Alexi is obviously the war in Ukraine is uh, very much at the forefront of people's mind. How much of that is uh, is shown throughout this tour? Is, is that something that you've received a lot more support for, or is that is it even mentioned at, at all? Really, is is it a focus? Um, I mean, we first of all we super super glad that we kind of uh, were able to find this Dnipro Opera theater and uh, to take them out basically because it's kind of in, in the whole scheme of thing what's happening it's it's really terrible especially um for the last whole year so we're kind of really really happy that we give them the opportunity just to escape the whole um the whole crisis and the whole nightmare and for two months just be away and just do whatever they love to do you know performing and uh showing the art to the audience so we're really really happy about it um in terms of support i kind of it's it's difficult to say because we can't we, it, it's it's for the people to decide i say you know we we're not basically um counting on it and uh it, it's it's i w wouldn't also say that we we got 
much support as such, but it's basically we we kind of we happy to bring the Ukrainian opera over, and then if people want to come and see it and support them, it's great. But uh, again, it's an opera like uh, we we talked before. Opera is not for everyone, so a lot of people just get get put off because they think it's maybe something for upper class, you know. And and that's kind of where I kind of in all my various radio interviews say the important thing is that like all my productions, opera and ballet productions, I keep as traditional as possible, so that the 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 the, the, the set, the costumes, everything is basically kept. Um, uh, in a traditional way, so that even if people come to see opera for the first time, they'll be easily able to follow the storyline and to enjoy it. Ah, yes, because it's worth mentioning, it is uh, completely in French, isn't it? But there are English surtitles for people to be able to follow along with, is that correct? Yes, we have surtitles over the stage, yeah. so people will be able to kind of follow the storyline in English. Uh, but we sing yeah, always in original language with with the English subtitles. So because we're bringing uh, Carmen to you, so it will be in French. Wow. So how does that work, Alexi? Um, just in terms of languages, really. So assuming Ukrainian national opera, most of them are all, if not all, are all Ukrainian. So um, have they had to learn French specifically for this or is it something that they were already uh, pretty much fluent in. How does that language translate over? Oh, no, no. I mean, uh, yes, they're, they're all Ukrainians that they come over. Yeah. But it's, I mean, for an opera artist, they do it from, like, as soon as they decide to become uh, <laughs> a singer. So they, they learn those languages and kind of, uh, not the language itself, but actual uh, singing. And, um, uh, and it happens at a higher level because it's kind of to get a, a special... Um, how you call them? So they would be calling a French um, tutor over to make sure the pronunciation is right and things like that. Yeah. So that they work on it very seriously. Yeah. And I guess it's so much more than uh, simply saying the words in the right language. It's it's being able to understand the words and and being able to get that that meaning and that emotion behind what is actually being said, as well as um, pronouncing it correctly. Sure. Oh, yes, no, no, definitely, of course, and they, obviously they know what they sing. They might, yeah, uh, yeah they, they they might not speak the language, but they know everything they're singing uh, in their own language and in the, the original language. Brilliant. So let's focus a little bit more on, I guess, the opera as a whole. Then uh, tell me about Carmen and the the story behind it, because it is one of the most oldest operas that there is. Um. So yeah, it's about a a, a kind of a soldier. Uh, Jose, who falls in love with this gypsy girl, and uh, she leads him on a kind of, uh, um, how should I say it, um, a journey um, yeah. of, of betrayal and love, and uh, and like with any opera, it kind of never ends well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that it's, it's it's kind of uh, you, you set out you set the stage uh, for, for in common, for example, you have the, the jealousy, uh, violence, love. It all connects. There's always a, another guy 
not just one. <laughs> and uh, it, it basically come and place them off each other and uh, with Escamilli on Jose. And um, yeah, and, and at the end, there's always a tragedy to the, to the opera. But it, it's very, we have new, brand new decorations and the yeah. costumes are very colorful. So, and you have the, the, um, uh, the, the, the famous songs that everybody knows about, you know, that, that they, they might heard them in adverts on TV if they don't know the opera so well. <laughs> but uh, now they'll be able to put a face to it as such, you know. So it, it's, it's one of the most memorable kind of um, tunes that you hear in opera. Yeah, and I guess now people will actually be able to understand the meaning behind the tune rather than just associating it with the adverts or whatever it's selling. They'll actually understand what the composer was was meaning. Yeah, that 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 I hear a lot. Sometimes people say, "Oh, I know it's from this 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 and this <laughs> advert." <laughs> I never realised that it was the opera. Yeah. <laughs> Did that frustrate you all um, that everyone associates it with adverts rather than the show? No, because I mean, to, to be honest, I, I was the, to the theaters that we bring the opera to ninety percent. Before me bringing them the opera in, in twenty twelve, they never experienced a full stage opera productions with over thirty musicians. So it's kind of uh, we kind of brought it to them first time and educated, and so it's kind of a, we've been growing together with the audience. So no, it doesn't frustrate me at all. And as I say, we kind of, I, I, I want more young people, the same for the ballet and opera, more, more people to come and to engage and to understand that it's like I said before, it's, it's not just for the upper class, like most people think, or you have to kind of have a PhD in music to, to understand <laughs> it. It, it. It's kind of accessible, but it, it, it is much more challenging for the opera uh, than for the ballet, for example to get it over to the people. So any kind of relation they have in their head to an advert of the tune or whatever and want to experience it, it's, it, it, it's, it's certainly, um, it's a great start, you know? So I, I definitely not get upset about that. That's a great way to put it. Um, so I guess my next question is, opera as a whole um there's a lot of people that maybe it might be coming to the show that have never been to an opera before and as you say there is that stereotype that is more of an upper class thing so what is it that people can expect from sitting in the audience what will they expect to see in an opera i mean they're definitely gonna expect, uh, 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 get a production that they will be able to follow you know mm-hmm. uh it is a certain traditional way with colors with beautiful costumes with beautiful singings they're definitely going to re- recognize many tunes from the common opera themselves and I, I mostly say it for Bali but I guess it applies to the opera which is somewhat like real um, uh, how should I say it hard 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 not hardcore hard um basically uh, classical music interviews to say oh no alex you can't say it but uh, <laughs> at the end of the if you come and you don't follow anything i guess for the opera it's the the, the easy bit is that you can actually read about it you know uh, what's yeah. happening and what they're singing about so that helps what you don't get for the ballet but uh, worse comes to worse i mean even if you lost everywhere I say, if you close your eyes, you're still going to enjoy the beautiful music. 
because it's live, you know, we have 30 piece orchestra, so you're always gonna um, feel the vibrations and the actual live music uh, much different than it, if it was recorded. Um, uh, for the opera, it's impossible to have recorded anyway, but for like for Bali, for example, you can uh, dance to recorded music. So you have here a live orchestra that you're definitely gonna enjoy the music with closed eyes, which, however, you should definitely not do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you could enjoy it with your eyes closed, but we'd rather that you didn't. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, no, it, it's it's and it, Carmen is such a great. Um, entry opera to to get into if somebody was never before so it's definitely one of those that you want to start with your opera journey ah that's great to know um yes because you have um several different operas so um is there anything specifically that made you want to bring carmen to to it is it for that reason or or was there another reason that you've selected carmen this year we of this year we're bringing three different opera productions. So we're bringing mm-hmm. Madama Butterfly, Carmen, and Aida. Yeah. And um, they they all three um, uh, popular in their own right. So uh, yeah, and it's just happened to that uh, we had to choose those. I mean, uh, sometimes because it depends on which theater we bring. You know, mm-hmm. we have to make sure to have this production in their repertoire uh, but those are the mainstream so each theater has those productions in store and it's just a good mix between those three operas that's why we kind of uh, brought them over really sounds exciting um so another question we really wanted to ask you is what is it like backstage at an opera i know you've got 30 musicians a pretty sizable cast and i imagine a really big stage crew so what's the vibe like backstage is it chaos Oh yeah, sure. I mean, the, the first couple of days it is a bit not a chaos, but a bit uh, everything is new, and you get. But once you get into this drift and of touring, and then everybody finds its place, and then it's all kind of uh, manageable, I should say. But um, yeah, the, the chaos depends on what kind of theater you're in. So if it's a small, <laughs> tiny theater, then it, we're on top of each other. If it's a bigger one, then we have space because we have we have like almost 80 people in total not almost even over 80 so (laughs) it it is quite a few and um but but yeah it's kind of because we've been doing for so long it's it's you find ways and you know how to deal with the situation i'm assuming you're all gonna have to really work hard to make sure that you get on really well because you're in close compartments together all the time traveling everywhere (laughs) yeah you kind of have to because (laughs) two months with the same place you kind of have to have to get along and uh, we're all professionals so it's kind of not given but it yeah. is it is it is kind of expected and everybody because I mean for two months we kind of like a big family basically I always say to everyone is and we look after each other and take care of each other and that's the important thing you know that sounds amazing so do you yourself get to actually go out front and see much of the plays when when you're there or is it mainly backstage that you are no 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 I I, I definitely have to watch it because it's like uh, 
um, how should I say it? I, I should know my own kind of product uh, much better than anybody. So yeah, and um, there's always different takes and things you can basically adjust and do. So no, I, I, I try to watch as much as possible. <laughs> and not sometimes the whole, yeah. uh, the whole opera in, in total, but definitely bits that uh, um, I need to see as such, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's totally understandable. Um, so something I'd be interested in to know is what are the the differences to, to putting on, say, something as grand as a musical to something as full scale as a, as a huge opera with people from different parts of the world? Like, what are the challenges as a producer that you face to getting that on stage? The good thing is because for the last 15, 16 years, we've been working only with established theatres. Yeah. So those are the uh, like ballet and opera theatres, and we kind of don't get so much involved in producing uh, as such the operas because we we kind of bring the ready product that they've been showing back home for some time. Yes, we change sometimes the the production itself, the decoration, costumes, the, a bit of um, uh, the acting side, but in terms of actual from scratch we we don't do as much uh, from our end so and that's the beauty of it because we kind of um how should i say it we, we don't uh, it's a um, it's a almost ready-made product we do some tweaks um for the uk audience other theaters to do uh, some bits that we think might work better for the audience but in general uh, it's the opera that people will be able to to see in Dnipro in Ukraine is the same as here uh, the decoration might be slightly different but it's it's the same people the same acting the same singing so yeah fantastic finally to wrap up um if there's anyone out there that is interested in coming but they're not quite sure what would you say to convince someone um, to come along to the show? I, I guess it, it's, it's, I mean, first of all, the, the current situation, I, I think I'm just trying it also for, for the artists because I'm bringing them over. I'm, I'm kind of trying to make the tour successful for them as well. So it, it's just, uh, I, th- I think it would mean a lot more to them than to myself. Uh, if they if they get uh, the audience get the full houses and uh, get a standing ovation that they can take back home and give them strength to to, to deal and to live with this nightmare that they're going through, you know, and I, I, I guess this is probably the the main wish from my end, uh, not the selling point or anything, but it's just what what I, I'm gonna be trying to do for them with it. I think that's perfect and a perfect way to end. Thank you, Alexi, so much for joining us today. I've really, really enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Liz. Thank you. Huge, huge thanks to Alexi for that interview. I hope you found it as interesting as I did. If you do want to buy your tickets for Carmen, it's performing on Sunday the 5th of March here at the Bath Hall and you can get your tickets from scunthorpetheatres.co.uk or even better, pop in or call the Bath Hall box office on 01724 296 296 and we will be happy to take your call and sort your booking out for you. 
Um, so a big shout out to the people that we've got coming up in no particular order. We've got the team from Scunthorpe Musical Theatre Society. We're going to talk to us a little bit more about Kips, which is the new Half a Sixpence musical that's going on at the Plowright. We've got Lewis Nikitman and John Riley, who are performing next month here in our lounge bar with a celebration of Elton John. Those are two musicians with quite a big history and back thing to their name so they'd be great to talk to uh, we've got the guys from the animal guys who are again coming here in february with their show and the guys from jurassic earth so if you have any questions for those that you want me to ask them please do drop them in at scunthorpe theaters at northlinks.gov.uk and we'll happily put them to them for you um, we are getting more and more bookings in over the time as well so i'm sure we'll have more to send in so if you've got any that you want to ask any of our up and coming acts if we do manage to get them on the podcast i can ask them for you as well um just a shout out to some things that we have as well going on at the theater we did speak about january last time but a reminder i guess that we've got lee memphis king um on saturday the 28th of january which would be great uh, the animal guys as we spoke to we're going to speak to them as well uh, they're on at the 4th of february we have the job expo here at the baths um which is on at wednesday the 8th of february that is absolutely free to attend for anyone who might be looking for work looking to change career anything like that we have some great businesses doors open at 12 30 for that and close at four but you can come at any time it'd be great to see you here we've also got a good evening mr blubelay which is a really great michael blubelay tribute act uh, and that'll be the day that'll be the day is a um it's a great show. It's a big variety show. It's really, really popular. It's going to be a great night, that one. And finally, shout out to our Bath's Laughs. We had a sellout for January, um, so you literally could not get tickets and we had to turn people away. So for our February show, which is on the 23rd of February, it is well worth getting those tickets in advance. It'd be a cracking Valentine's Day present. Um, again, you can get tickets for any of those shows at Scunthorpe Theatres co.uk or by visiting our box office at the baths hall opening times can all be found on our website it was a delight to talk to you today thank you so much if you're listening again i hope to see you soon um, when we drop our next podcast thanks so much goodbye <laughs>